The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. Let me pray for us as we get into our study, and then we'll begin. Father God, thank you for your love and for your invitation that you extend to us to extend your love to those that you've placed around us. God, I pray that as our hearts are open right now, as we prepare to look into your word, that we would see how you call us to be the church, not attend something called the church, not to go to church functions, but to be the living, breathing body of Christ in the lives of our neighbors, our co-workers, everywhere we sleep, study, play, and shop, God, to be your missionaries. Pierce our hearts with this truth and drive us to action. church, but it wasn't on a Sunday. I looked around and I saw the empty seats, the sun glistening through the dust in the air. At first, I was distraught at the sight of the empty chairs, but then I was filled with joy. I realized that the people who were once in those chairs were now outside of the building working at their jobs, serving in their communities, laughing with their co-workers and growing with their families. They had the opportunity to be the church, not just sit in it. When will we be like them? When will we see the opportunity given to us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, bringing hope into the world, Stained glass can't pray for the sick. These walls can't preach the gospel. But you can. The building you're sitting in is just a building. But if you trust in Jesus, then you are the church. started a series about two months ago called uh, Gospel-Shaped Outreach. Uh, We're here and we exist to be the hands and feet of Jesus, not just clothe people, not just provide food for children on a weekend. We're here to meet the need in the name of Jesus, pointing them to a Father, a God, and a Savior who created them and loves them and wants a relationship with them. So that's what it's about. And that's, that's our focus. And so we want to equip you, us, to be the church. And so we've been intentionally taking a focus, a time of focus on this study. And we want to encourage you, if you have not yet plugged into a small group environment, whether that's on a Sunday morning, we have small group. How many of you attend a small group here on Sunday mornings at 930? A good number. Um, we have a small group that meets Sunday night, almost every night of the week, actually. And the current study we've been doing is called Gospel-Shaped Outreach. The second half of it, we've added this acronym BLESS to it to help us look at the tangible steps we can be taking with those that God has placed around us. But if you have joined the party late, don't worry. The party's going to continue forever. And we want you to get on board now. And so if you would like a copy of that study, 
Uh, we have books available for you to take to dive in a little deeper. Don is holding a few, and Kevin over here. Just raise your hand, and they will come and give you a copy of the deeper study. You can do on your own, or you can join a group and pick up where they are. Some of the groups are uh, at different weeks, depending on their schedule of meeting. So if you're interested in finding a group to dive in deeper with this study, uh, look in your handout. There's a small group schedule there. Or you can just do the study on your own, but there's a lot more you can get when you're with others. So I encourage you to find a group to join. Let's dive into Luke chapter 19 for our message today. Uh, a, a week or two ago, we began with the word bless. And it spells out the steps that we should be taking in order to reach those that God has placed us around us. The B is begin with prayer. Jerry Falwell said, nothing great on this earth will happen apart from prayer. And it's important for us to realize that in order to reach the hearts of those that God has placed around us, the, the Bible says no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit first draws them. And so we want to be praying that the Holy Spirit is working. We also learn that God is always working. God loves the people that he has put in your life, and he's pursuing them. And he wants to now use you to be a vessel through which that love will flow. And so that begins with us tuning in by praying. Praying for our neighbors. Praying for our coworkers. Praying includes us talking and lifting up the names of people God's put on our heart. But it also involves listening. Us listening to what God is already doing. Us listening to the things that are going on. The stories that are being shared. The individuals that are hurting and as well as those that are celebrating. And us listening to look for opportunities to join them in what they're doing. And that leads us to the L, which is listen. We listen with care. We listen to what God's already doing, and we find opportunities to listen. Uh, I don't know who said it first, but last year I referenced we have two ears and one mouth, so we should listen twice as much as we speak. And some of you, you need to really start doing that. Um, but listening is so important. Because God is working. God is speaking. Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. And so Jesus is speaking. The Holy Spirit is working. And we've got to be in tune and listen. When we listen and we hear of these things, then we've got to lead to the next one, the E, and take time to reach out in steps of care. And one of the best ways that we can do this is literally just spending time eating with people. How many of you enjoy eating? I hope so, because this week is all about that. Uh, how many of you have family coming in for Thanksgiving? How many of you are traveling for Thanksgiving? How many of you are going to be eating on Thanksgiving? Some of you never raised your hand once in any of it. Okay. Well, maybe you're fasting this week. Eating together. It's so important. Uh, it, it, it involves spending time. It, well, it used to involve spending time. Now you can keep going to McDonald's real quick group and get a burger in 30 seconds. Consider that meat. But anyway, it's, it's, it's something that we need to do with each other. We need to get into rhythms in life that allow us to connect. And in order to share Christ with people, sometimes they're not going to care what you know until they know how much you care. And you've got to be willing to even just invite them to your table. Or at, uh, at work, invite them to go out to lunch. Hey, let's connect. Hey, Hey, I heard you got these struggles going on. You want to talk about it? Let's grab a sandwich and talk. That will go miles. And you're building a relationship with other 
Jesus and, and um, it says in John 3.22, Jesus withdrew to spend time with his close friends, his disciples, to rub off on them. And we are called to live like Jesus. And so we at times need to push pause and meet with people. It's not magic. We just go through life living in like Jesus. We see this unfold in, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, a story of Zacchaeus, many of you maybe grew up singing the song about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. Some, some of you sound big. The Lord he wanted to see. And he said, you come down for I'm going to your house. You all are in the choir. All right. Jesus saw this man, Zacchaeus. We're going to learn a little bit through this study this morning of who Zacchaeus was, and more importantly, who Jesus saw him as. And so I'm just going to read the passage of Scripture with you real quick, and then we'll break it down. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 and following, says this. Jesus entered Jericho and, and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree uh, to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All of the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, 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 Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. This morning, I want to break down for you the way that Jesus reached people is the way that he calls us to do the same. And the first thing we see here in this story is that Jesus sees Zacchaeus. There's a huge crowd that's been lying in the streets. They're, they've heard of this man, Jesus. They've heard of his teachings. They've heard he's performed some miracles. He's brought uh, healing to some people. They're curious about who this Jesus is. Some of them would consider themselves now followers of Jesus, and others are just, are just there to see who this man is. And, and Zacchaeus was one of these men. He had showed up. He had heard about this guy, and he wanted to see. The crowds were so big, so and he's, he's short, um, and... He goes and climbs a tree. Now, I wonder if the tree was not just there for, for the shortness reason, but I also wonder if, if, if Zacchaeus possibly wanted to see but not be seen. Zacchaeus was what? What was his job? He was a tax collector. Now, how many of you enjoy paying taxes? None of us, right? Things were a little different then. The Roman government had set up shop. They had, they had found certain Jews.
tribes to go in and tax their own people. And Zacchaeus was so good at it that he became a chief tax collector. And he was wealthy. Some of your, your versions will say rich. So the very people that he was taking from looked at him and despised him because he was taking money from his own people and paying off the Romans and in the process lining his own pockets and living a lavish lifestyle while many of them were struggling. He was a sinner in their minds. And in many ways he was cheating and lying and stealing and benefiting from those actions. And so in some ways I wonder if Zacchaeus thought, if this man Jesus is really who some are saying he is, then I'm not sure I want him to see or know me or know what's going on in me. Have you ever been there? But the truth is none of us can hide from who Jesus is. None of us can hide no matter what things we've done in secret, no matter what kind of things we've got going on in our background. We cannot hide any of them. Everything can be known by a God who loves us. And when Jesus enters it says in the young literal translation that Jesus looked up and he saw Jesus sees you today. He sees you in whatever you're involved in. He sees you in whatever you're doing. He sees you in whatever you are a part of. And yet, he loves you. He loves each of us. Jesus entered that town and he saw this man, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, one who was despised and rejected. Zacchaeus, who was cheating and becoming rich off of other people's um, resources. And Jesus sees through all of that. He sees him and he calls him. And he calls him by name. He knew Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus by name. He said, Zacchaeus. And in that moment, I'm sure Zacchaeus felt, he sees me. Does he know? Does he know what I've done? His life flashes before his eyes in that moment. Zacchaeus. And yet he says, yeah. And everything changes when the next words come out of Jesus' mouth. He says, today, you're staying with me. Zacchaeus comes down comes down at once, and he welcomes Jesus gladly. Jesus has a way of stepping into your lives whose lives are a wreck and a mess, and he creates a beautiful masterpiece out of the broken. Zacchaeus is about to have his life changed forever, simply because Jesus saw him. Who is it that God has put in your life that God is hoping
I know in our lives here in busy Northern Virginia, life can get hectic. We can get busy. Our agendas can get full. We can get gone doing our things we need to do, uh, getting from one meeting to the next, and often we overlook the simplest of things right before us. I'm guilty of this often. I'll often not see the needs of my own family for the sake of ministry, for the sake of getting to a meeting, for the sake of doing what needs to be done. We need to learn to live like Jesus and to take time in the midst of busyness, in the midst of the crowd, to take time to seek the needs of God and to do the same. Pastor Gary is going to give us another story next week. Jesus, in the midst of a busy schedule, in the midst of a great crowd, sees a woman. We seeing the people that Jesus wants us to see. If you don't know the names of three people, I want you to um, start praying about them just by their face. Just imagine who they are. That one guy who always walks by my cubicle at 9.30 or whoever it might be, just begin to pray and to ask God to help them see them the way he sees them. Your life will forever change. seeing people the way Jesus sees them. Number two, Jesus eats with Zacchaeus. We know that Jesus uh, invited him to come down, and we know that he spent the day. And we know that Jesus ate with people. Uh, it was he was he was fully God and yet fully man. He still needed to eat. And we know that he was often criticized and ridiculed for eating with sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes and thieves and yet Jesus, the way he came, the way that Jesus did ministry, according to Matthew 11, Matthew 11, 19 says, the Son of Man came, what? The Son of Man came, say it. That was the way that Jesus came and ministered to people. He spent time with them. In that day, in that culture, you ate with who you associated with. You ate with who you cared for. You ate with your family. It wasn't just a quick, hey, pull in, eat a burger real quick, and on your way. It was sit down. It was recline at a table. It was spend time. And Jesus was known as a man who came eating and drinking. So much so that they accused him of being a glutton and a drunkard. Jesus spent Mark chapter 2, 12, uh, chapter 2, verse 15 and following, it says, As he reclined at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. And the scribes and the Pharisees, those were the religious elite of the day, the elected officials over the nation of Israel. The scribes and the Pharisees, when they saw that Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors, he said to his disciple, why does he do this? Why is he eating with them? Doesn't he understand that they're they are robbing us? They are tax collectors hired by the Romans, and, and, and they're sinners. And when Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who 
Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came to reach those who were by many unreachable. One of the greatest uh, things I did in ministry was building a stadium. church in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, and um, they had this gym that was poorly cared for, and the church didn't have enough money to renovate it and get it back to being a gym, so I asked permission to come and build a stadium, and they let me. I had volunteers show up, wood donated, and we turned the inside of that gym into an indoor skate park, and kids who would never come to church started coming. How is it that we are reaching out to reach those who would otherwise be unreachable? There were people who would sometimes grumble, you know, if we allow those kids to come here, they might smoke, they might do drugs, there might be a crime, They're, are they going to care for our facility? Maybe they shouldn't be here, to which I said, aren't they the ones that need to be here the most? What are we doing to reach those that others are not reaching? You don't have to build a skate park. Sometimes it's as simple as sharing a sandwich with someone. Jesus took time to eat with Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19, verse 5. Zacchaeus came down immediately, and Jesus said, I must go to your house today. Verse 6. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse 7. All the people that were there saw this, and they began to mutter. Gone to be the guest of a what? A sinner. How many of you are sinners in this room? Most of you. That's good. Good. I am as well. And thank, thank God that He is a friend of sinners. Thank God that He sees us and loves us too much to leave us where we are. Jesus came stepped into our mess to rescue us, to not just eat with us, but to free us. And that's the third point. Jesus sees Zacchaeus, Jesus eats with Zacchaeus, and Jesus frees Zacchaeus. As they were spending the day together, we know that there were meals that happened throughout the day. We know that there was time in the home where they would have spent reclining and just talking about things. And, and, and the Bible clearly teaches that it is not about our salvation is not based on who we are or what we do. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, It is not by works that we can be saved. It is a gift of God through grace, through faith, that we are saved. And in this time of spending time with Jesus, Zacchaeus and Jesus must have had a conversation in a way that pierced Zacchaeus' heart, which leads him to a, a life change, which leads him to repentance. Repentance is realizing that the way you're living life is not in line with the way that God created you to live life. And to turn from doing things the wrong ways, the sin in our life, the, the, the misdirection, the things that are taking our focus, and instead doing a 180 and turning to the purpose and plans that God has for us. 
turn from our sins, to be forgiven, and to be given new life. And that's the call that God places on each and every one of us, that we would realize his love for us, and in our brokenness he comes to free us, make us whole, and save us, and give us new life. Here in verse 8, it says Zacchaeus stood up, realizing what had happened, who this Savior was, and who Jesus was. He repents, and he, he says this to Jesus, Lord, look, here I am now. I, I know that I've, 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 I've stolen, I've robbed, I've taxed people, and all that I have is because of the things that I've done wrong. I'm going to take half my possessions, and I'm going to give it to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'm going to pay it back four times. He's moved to action. There is a life change that happens in his life. Jesus comes. He spends time with him. He opens up his eyes. Zacchaeus is changed. Jesus makes this declaration in verse 8. Today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. There are many people in our lives who do not yet know who Jesus is. And many people feel like they are lost, like they are far from God, but Acts 17 tells us that God has appointed the time and the seasons in which you would live so that you would be a vessel to proclaim the love and the forgiveness of God to men, although they think they're far from him, none are too far from reaching God. And that is why you live. We are to be vessels to receive God's love and be vessels through which that love flows to each other. Are you seeing the people that God has put in your life? Are you spending time eating with those people to earn the right to then share with them life and change and forgiveness and healing and hope that comes from a loving Father who gave up everything to show His love for us by Jesus laying down His own life on the cross to save us. Who are the people that God has put in your life? You are the church. We are the bride of responsibility not just to love Jesus, but to also love our neighbors. Who are your neighbors? How many of you know the names of your neighbors to write them up immediately next to you? About half of you. You know what? I'm with you. Until I got this whole every home. And it follows this, this series we're doing. Bless, begin by praying, listen, listen to their needs, listen to what God is doing, eat, spend time caring for those, serve. If, if you learn that someone needs some help, uh, I remember, um, I don't know if I dreamt this or if this actually happened. I think it was Nathan that shared with me while at work, a co-worker shared with him some more. He learned that the co-worker was having a hard time, so he out and said, hey, how, how can I help you? How can I serve you? 
that happened? Something like that. Okay. How, how are you doing that? How are we doing that? The, what you see on here is an app. This was about a week ago. I know the number is higher than that. Now, that's 1,516,013 people. Um, every time somebody joins the app, then select your neighborhood, and every day you'll get five names of your neighbors sent to you. Now, this is all from government census data that's been collected legally, okay? And, um, and it's just a nice prompt, a reminder, pray for those who God literally has coming around you. Nothing good happens apart from prayer. And as people are joining this, and they're adopting their neighborhood. They're, they're getting prayer reminders. Now, every day um, at about 9 o'clock or so, I get an email, five names from my neighborhood with a suggested verse, what to pray over your neighborhood. And um, when you go a step further into the map, you see, um, go ahead that step further, uh, Ashland Elementary School is right up there, and then that's me, that circle that says you. And then you got color-coded uh, people all around you that you decide what to color them based on what you're doing for them. So everybody that's red um, has been prayed for by me. Everybody who's yellow, I've gone like a tangible step further. I've like I, I've cared for them in some way. I've, I've extended. To, uh, I've developed a friendship with them. Um, you know, there was some way I was able to serve them. Um, green means that um, uh, that the gospel is being shared with them. And, and blue means they, um, they're involved in a, a discipleship, um, either with the church or with you or in the church you know of. Go to the next, next slide. And um, there's Crystal and Dear Land here. Um, so as of that day, I had prayed for them once. I did some act of care, I don't know, probably returned to school I borrowed, and um, I, I knew they attended here, so I at least shared with them the gospel at least one time, and so you can click on, and, and, and the information just pulled up, whatever Google has or whatever, but it's a way for you to tangibly adopt your neighborhood, and you can set it to where you see five names around you, or you can go up to 250, which I did just to see what it look like. It was just too much for me, so I've dialed it back since I started a week ago. But go ahead to the next one, next slide. That's Ashland Community, and as you, the reason it's gray there uh, is the areas that get adopted will become darker. More people are praying for those areas, the darker they get. And my goal is to see like a black map as all of us are praying for our neighbors. Wouldn't that be amazing? Hello? Now, Brandy thinks it's very creepy, and she's shaking her head no right now. She thinks it's like some kind of weird Christian stalking. And it might be, but oh well. What's, is there another slide, Mason, or is that it? Okay. So that's blesseveryhome.org. I, I, I know Jacqueline signed up and a few others, and there's like five or six of you out there. And, and you can go on and zoom out, and you can see each other and how they're praying for their neighborhood each other, praying and loving on our neighbors. 
yeah, okay, if it's creepy, do it a different way, all right? But the important thing is being Jesus in other people's lives. By actually love, Jesus didn't just come and step into Zacchaeus' life and say, you're a sinner, repent or go to hell. That Jesus did not do that. Jesus said, hey, let's go spend the day together. And that's what the world needs more of. It's us building relationships with people who think they're far from God and having the right to lead them to where Jesus has loved us and loved them. Get it? And let's start doing it. I'm being serious. Let's start seeing these chairs filled with friends we're reaching out to. Let's start seeing our homes filled and people sitting at our table that wouldn't normally be there because we're caring for them and inviting them. Who of the three people on your list would you invite to have Thanksgiving with you this year? I've invited a couple of my neighbors to join us. Consider doing the same. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are not a distant and removed God. We thank you that the psalmist said, Who is man that you are mindful of him? You are a God that cares for us and loves us. You created the heavens and the earth, and yet you know the number of hairs on on our heads. You love us. You know our brokenness. You know our weakness. And you care for us. God, I pray that you would help us to realize the depth of that, and, and that you don't only care for us. You care and you love, and it's your desire to pursue those who do not yet And as your church, we are to leave this building and to be your people on your mission, loving you and loving our neighbor. So God, show us, put in our minds and faces and names of those people that you have put in our lives so that we would see them, so that we would spend time and meet them, so that we would have the opportunity God, right now I also pray for those who may be in this room today who maybe don't know you. If you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor John, I'm I'm not sure of my relationship with God. The scriptures tell us that Jesus loves you so much. The scriptures say Jesus told the story that if, if he considers us all like sheep and he's the good shepherd, and if you were the only sheep here, he still would come just for you. If there was 100 sheep and he had 99, he would leave the 99 just to pursue you and let you know how much he loves you. God loves you. No matter what you think you've done, no matter how far you think you are from God, it doesn't matter. He sees through all of that to the person that he created you to be, and he loves you. He went to a cross to prove that love for us when he spread out his hands on that cross and said, I love you this much. He took our sins upon himself to offer his life in exchange for ours, forgiveness found only in him. This morning you can start a new life. The scriptures say if you confess to him, call out to him as Savior and Lord, then he will forgive you of all of your sins and he will come in and make his home in your heart and make you his In Romans chapter 3, uh, Revelation 3.20, the, the scriptures tell us that Jesus stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And if anyone will open up their door, he will come in and he will 
wants to spend time with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to help you with whatever it is you're going through in life. He is here for you. And if you've never opened up the door of your heart to receive him, you can do that today. Just call out to him in this stillness of this, this moment. Say, Father, come into my life. Forgive me. Make me new. Help me to follow you. Thank you for dying for me and giving up your life. Now I give you mine. Father God, I also pray for those who are in this room who already know you as Savior and Lord. Help us to realize that we are to be your hands and feet. Show us, compel us to reach out to those who are in our life that need you. And God, I pray that our Thanksgiving tables this week would have somebody sitting there that is sitting there simply because we realize that you love them and you want us to reach out to them. I pray hearts would be open, the Holy Spirit would be drawing people to yourself, and that we would be obedient and reaching out as you reached out to us. Move among us now, we pray. Amen. As our worship team closes us in a time of worship and response, my encouragement to you is use this time also to reflect on what you've heard today. If you have given your heart to Jesus for the first time, possibly, and, 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 and invited Jesus in to be your Savior and Lord, I would love to know that. During our time of communion that we're about to do, and I'll explain that in a minute, if you just want to come up and say, Pastor John, today I invited Jesus into my heart, I would love to hear that from you and celebrate that and pray with you. If you've got something going on in your life that you just need some help with, you need some hope, you need someone to pray with you, we have prayer team members in the back of the room willing to pray with you on both sides. We also have communion tables back there if those are closer to you and you want to go to take communion back there. We'll also have communion up front. What communion is, is it's a way for us to remember these things, what Jesus did for us. On the night before Jesus was arrested and taken to the cross, he took a piece of bread and he said to his friends, remember this when in the future as you eat of this bread, Remember my body broken for you. Remember how much I love you and all I've done for you. And he took a cup and he said, this cup is a symbol of my blood that would be shed for you. As often as you eat of this bread and taste of this cup, remember my love poured out for you. I gave up my life. I ask you, as I died for you, to live for me. My hope and prayer is that as you receive communion, it would be in an act of worship response saying, God, yes, forgive me for whatever I'm doing that's not right and for not doing the things that I know I should be doing and help me to live for you. And as you feel led, I invite you to go to one of those stations. Sing along with our worship team. There's a line in the song we're about to sing that says, show us who we are to be to those around us. Let that be our prayer. Because that's what this is about. Father God, move among us now, we pray your name.